Uh, so what even happened in these chapters? Wow, okay. <laughs> Tonight, on Courtship of Princess Padron, 3PO, an unexpected journey, Isildur likes it messy, good Jedi wisdom, and Han Solo, the heroic woofa grabber. <laughs> oh. This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. And welcome to the latest episode of Courtship of Princess Padron. This is Season 9, Mission 3. Did you just call them glisteners? I love it. Or was that a typo? No, it's real. Shout out to Cole for coming up with that. And I love glisteners. So tonight we'll be going over the Courtship of Princess Leia, chapters 11 through 14. But before that, a quick reminder of your hosts. If Danny, Rogue Six was a rose-colored type of thing that millennials like, he would be rose-gold-colored food because it might have a long-term side effect that's not so great from the food dyes, but it's definitely worth it. <laughs> These, I love how they get more and more specific every single week. <laughs> so specific. <laughs> If, if Danny Rogue Six was a type of scotch tape that you used to hold up a very specific Star Wars painting in your living room on the third week of January, <laughs> this is okay, which you branch say this. he would be. Danny, Danny, literally everything on my desk is rose gold. So, <laughs> makes not wrong. No, it's a thing. Millennial gusto. Seth, Rogue Seven, would be the rose gold Disneyland mouse ears because they're popular, hard to find, and looks great with cute girls. Aw, aw. I love it. Heath, Rogue 3, would be a rose gold iPhone because it looks like it's useful, but really it's the most eye-rolling of all. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Wow. What a burn. (laughs) It's a good one. I have a rose gold iPad, so I can't remember. (laughs) And it's an iPad Pro, so it's friggin' huge. (laughs) So I just Googled rose gold, and wow, I didn't realize this was a thing. Such a thing. You're terrible millennial three rose gold things the other day because i love it (laughs) when did this become a thing how did i miss this and i'm a big rogue leader and i would be rose gold office supplies like binder clips because i try not to be too much of a millennial but the aesthetic is too good so good all right well speaking of being out of the loop (laughs) i have a question about han solo solo a star wars story featuring (laughs) han solo Please only ever call De- <laughs> detailing the exploits and adventures of Han Solo one. <laughs> so by the character Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Aaron Aldrich as Han Solo. All right, so what'd y'all think of that trailer? <laughs> the trailer? Did I miss something? I oh wait, I there still hasn't been a trailer, and okay. everybody's freaking out. And someone should know better than the freak. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Denny. Uh, So what's up with the lack of marketing for Han Solo Solo, a Star Wars story featuring Han Solo? I mean, Han Solo himself is just marketing enough. He just say Han's in it. They're like, hell yeah, I'm going to that. See, this is why people don't hire me to market things. (laughs) Hell yeah, because they don't know what I'm doing. If Saf oh. was in charge, it'd be called, hell yes, a Han Solo story. I mean, Featuring wouldn't Han they get Solo. people to come see it? <laughs> I think people might have seen a trailer by the time they listen to this episode. I still think it'll happen this week. Wait, should we have pretended we saw the trailer then? Well, that's what I was going for, because it seems like people are saying there's a trailer every single day. But you think, like, <laughs> for real in the next 48 hours? I think. I, if they're well, airing something with, with the Super Bowl, which is what people are assuming. They'd probably do it beforehand. Either like premiere beforehand, because 
that's what people generally do with Super Bowl stuff. Mm-hmm. Or it's like a full trailer they release, and then there's a smaller thing on the Super Bowl or something. Oh. Great. So I what you all so. think of that Han Solo trailer? It was fun. This will be out before the Super Bowl. <laughs> Donald Glover looks great. Yeah, he looks... Lando looks great. I Lando, love, so great. Best I part love of the space. Movie. I'm so happy that all the other characters are aliens. The clothes yeah. that they looked all of them. Um, together, they were one piece. Wow, that it brunette was girl. Mara looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like, I'm glad they finally got to explain that gravestone, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I liked the woofa. <laughs> I also enjoyed seeing teenage Brooke Vessery. That was really nice touch um, to make him one of Han's classmates at the Imperial Academy. Yeah, I'm glad they decided to canonize him of all people mm-hmm. because he is the most important of all Legends characters. 100%. Yeah. It, it was great when Han said, There's no telling what you could do with a woofer. <laughs> <laughs> Wink wonk. I hate that line so much. It's so good. <laughs> <clears throat> well in conclusion we loved the trailer because it gave us literally everything we wanted <laughs> <laughs> what do you know wow it's like they're listening to rogue Potter or what something. are the odds oh never tell me the odds danny <laughs> well oh, he's probably gonna say that in the trailer you know he absolutely or i have a bad feeling about it well, enough of enough of that Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to the good Han Solo. Let's talk about this Han Solo in the beautiful book of Courtship of Princess Leia. All right. So remember, they are officially crashed landed on Dathomir, which I really appreciate that they took inspiration off of Harrison Ford for him to just keep crashing stuff all of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's, it makes the role very believable. No shade, just tea. Yeah. <laughs> so Leia returns to the Falcon after they see that giant footprint in the mud, and she is mad. She doesn't know <laughs> how she let Han talk her into this, and they need to get off that planet now. And after seeing how angry and serious she is, Han understands for some reason how much she just enjoys her life, and he promises to get her back to Coruscant safely. That sure was a thing. All right, great. He tells Chewie to grab the survival packs and the heavy artillery and that they'll hike to the city and hopefully steal a ship from there. Maybe someday they can come back to salvage the Falcon and Leia can't believe what she just heard. R.I.P. the Falcon. R.I.P. Wait, (laughs) Han Solo would never just up and abandon the Falcon. It's for Leia. I, nope. Han Solo is in love with the Falcon before Leia in canon and legends. Therefore, this is clearly a fake Han. And that explains, <laughs> oh, no. that explains his terrible behavior throughout this entire book. So slightly bigger Han. Shooting Leia Han. with the gun, the gun of command was appropriate. Yeah, it's Han. Han. <laughs> the worst. Or he's like being you know, possessed by um, Chun... Chun... Chun Thor? Is that, is that Isildur's mommy? Oh, no, no, that's Tachum. That's the, that's the thing. Oh, Tachum, yeah, Tachum. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be surprised in like <laughs> Legends books if this was true. <laughs> we'll have to wait until the end to find out. I mean, I just think that they're very clearly giving us a big old hint that this is not the real Han Solo. <laughs> Han Solo even said himself in The Empire Strikes Back, Honey, I love the Millennium Falcon more than I love you. Did he say that? Yeah, that's a no, direct quote. Never, never. <laughs> On Cloud City. Uh, yes, I remember that famous quote that everyone makes into necklaces. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> yeah, and then Leia says, this deal is getting worse all the time. <laughs> so romantic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> well... <laughs> Han starts dressing 3PO in fatigues to cover most of his gold plating. I love this, and I'm so sad they've never done this before or since. Like, why don't they put 3PO in street clothes more often? Like, I, I'm imagining 3PO in the, um, you know, the What's Up Fellow Youth's GIF. I'm imagining him like that, where he's, like, trying really hard to blend in with, like, a backwards baseball cap. Yes. 
Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> On that, that like, what's up, fellow youth skip. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh my gosh. Except it's, what is up, fellow humans? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is I, a fellow human. It is I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 3PO keeps coming up with very valid reasons about why they should just leave him there. But Han refuses, saying he won't leave a friend behind. And 3PO is touched. Aww. What's funny about this scene is that Han in his head is like, I never really considered him a friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is so cute. And then it goes into Han's thoughts and I was like, okay, you just had to. He really, really Han it up. To distract him, Han tells 3PO that he can think of ways to get Leia to fall in love with him during their journey. 3PO is very excited at this prospect, and when Han walks away, he overhears him telling Leia that Han looks very dashing in his fatigues, doesn't he? <laughs> 3PO is so amazing. I, as terrible as this book is, I love 3PO in this book. Yeah, yeah I really want, I want 3PO as my wingmate. Right? Oh, so great. Let's see. So they start walking, and they see some sort of storm coming, and Han figures it's a sand or dust storm, so they head to the trees for cover and make a camp. While 3PO and Chewie are on their first guard shift, 3PO calls out for Han's help. When he and Leia emerge from their tents, they see an Imperial walker. Oh, no. Wow. 3PO really did well as the, um... I mean, he let them know something was the out scout. there. <laughs> yeah, but it took him a while. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, kind of late, but... Uh, Han is able to distract the Imperials long enough for Chewie to climb up in the trees and shoot at the walker. They end up forcing the Imperials to surrender when the comm sounds. Wait, did you say the General Han Solo, this very handsome, dashing man? And Leia is already packing up their tents. So, so we've got a Han Solo fanboy in the walker. Yeah. I mean, who isn't a Han Solo fanboy? He's King of Perilia. Um, Leia. Yeah, she sure is not. <laughs> not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's her no tp safe to say from the contextual clues thus far that leia does not love han solo i think she does privately just on her private twitter <laughs> 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 but on her public twitter it's all about isildur yeah <laughs> at the real princess it's... leah <laughs> it's selfies of her and isildur on her public twitter right now right oh my god Oh my gosh. <laughs> Luke and Isildur They're arrive. only touching in 86% of the selfies, though. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Jeez, that's so many selfies. Luke and Isildur arrive at Dathomir in only seven days, 10 days faster than the fastest route plotted by the Hapes navigators. Thank the Force. When they arrive, they see the crashing ship, and Luke shouts that Leia is inside there. She's safe, but they're going to try to land on the planet. I like how there's just no explanation for how they're able to get there so much faster. The Force! <laughs> the Force. <laughs> Luke, Luke got them there faster because of the Force. That's exactly what they say! I know! <laughs> that's that's going to be a theme ongoing in these next couple chapters. I can, I can give you a whole actual legend explanation for that if you want, Danny. Please. Oh god, I actually think you'd say yes. <laughs> I think the idea is that Luke... Is it Luke, because this is like, actually Luke... And Isildur. <laughs> no, it's because with the Force, he can navigate his own hyperspace jumps instead of taking the predefined routes that everybody else uses, so he can find his own ways through space that are faster. Oh, that was actually yes, like that's exactly legit. Legit. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that. the actual reasoning. That's how Han does the thing in less than twelve parsecs because he finds a shorter route through the yeah. the black holes and stuff. Gotcha. Ma, yeah, yeah, but also the Force. Okay. It's because of the Force that he can navigate because of him. yeah. The force is overpowered. Force is a Mary Sue. (laughs) (laughs) The The true Mary Sue. The force. (laughs) (laughs) Luke is going to go land, and after Isildur and his ships frighten away the two Star Destroyers enough to cover their landing, Isildur declares that he's going down to the planet as well. He orders Captain Astarta to jump out to warn his mother and then prepare for the battle ten days from now. He'll try to rendezvous with them then. Astarta promises that if he doesn't come back, she'll kill every single one of Warlord Gabor's people and never stop searching for him. Why is this man so obsessed with Leia when he's got this woman who's going to literally kill an entire planet for him? Like, come on. Mind you a woman that will kill an entire planet for you, as they say. That's the dream. As Isildur runs the hangar for his personal craft, Storm, 
he realizes he and Han are very similar. Built their own ships, former pirates, love the same strong woman. What's more, he could let the Queen Mother retrieve Leia for him, but he wants to crush Han, steal Leia back from him if he has to. From everything we've learned of Isildur so far, Storm like seems like an extremely reserved name for his ship. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably short for something. Very oh, inappropriate. It's an acronym? <laughs> in response to what he should name his ship. But... Sexy time of Rancor men. Mm, sure. I mean, it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Luke has to borrow a ship from Isildur because the weapon system in his X-Wang doesn't check out. They fly out together, and Luke decides the plan is to follow down some debris and mask their landing. As they fly and try to avoid Warlord Gabor's fighters, Isildur notices Luke's shields aren't up. Luke keeps saying they are, but then he gets hit bad and a ship is tumbling toward Dathomir. Isildur doesn't get any life signs and believes that Queen Mother has sabotaged Luke's ships to kill him. Isildur is paying not enough attention, so he's hit too, but not so seriously. He gets out a reflective blanket and covers himself to mask his body heat and life signs from enemy ships as he falls down towards Dathomir. Back in the forest. I Han's can't group... believe that they. this is the Legends book that they chose to kill Luke in. Yeah, wow. It's, wow. it's like and the, the like... last Jedi of the EU. <laughs> <laughs> the similar amount of like gravitas and like meaning in the death. It just, it makes sense now that I think about it. Like, the last thing he did was, like, wink at Isildur, and then... (laughs) Right. That has the same amount of oomph as see you around, kid, you know? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. 100%. I was wondering that when I was reading this. I was like, do you think anyone ever read this book thinking, like, that's how he goes? (laughs) This is it. This is the end of Luke. (laughs) That's that's the last I mean, He he got drawn just to have this to happen. (laughs) This is pre-Thrawn, though, right? The book but... came out after Thrawn did. Oh, okay. Well, how old is Thrawn? I don't know, like 36? <laughs> that was a very specific answer for not knowing. <laughs> this is my speciality. I don't know, like 37 this October? <laughs> but, like, yes, it's not a big deal. I don't really know. <laughs> He's a Sagittarius. What's the big deal? Who knows? Of course, he's a Sagittarius. Got it. So, <laughs> so the book came out after the Thrawn trilogy, but is chronologically before the Thrawn trilogy. Yes. But if someone is not up on all their lore, they might have been reading this right. and thought, yeah. "Whoa, they just killed Luke." Oh man! <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh man! Imagine thinking this is where Luke dies. Like. <laughs> Like, what if this was a weekly camera? (laughs) Rather than like a book, you couldn't. You had to wait for a month or a week for the next chapter to come. You can't turn the page and find out. I can't imagine having to wait a week to read the next chapter. (laughs) (laughs) What that must be like. (laughs) Back in the forest, Han's group has been running around for hours. They spook something that runs off, and they see a drawing of a creature with many eyes. 3PO, the real MVP, figures out that it's directions. It tells a lookout where to stand and where they should be watching. Han climbs up to the top of the hill, with everyone else scrambling after him, and they hear the roars and cries from the forest. 3PO and Chewie immediately turn around and run for it. Han next, and then Leia rolling her eyes at her super brave companions. (laughs) (laughs) They're the worst. They're all the worst. Yep. Unfortunately, they're surrounded by Imperials. They're taken as prisoner and escorted by a couple Imperial walkers. As they walk back the way they came, they're ambushed. Whoa. Leia recognizes the creatures as Rancors, even bigger than the ones in Jabba's palace, and way more capable and deadly. What's worse, they have human riders, women in lizard hide armor. Ice. Is it really worse for them to have people riding on them instead of just being Rancors that are really hungry and want to eat everyone? Leia thinks it is. That's fair. Now she's like, more women around. This has never happened in Star Wars before. (laughs) Now I have to compete with other women. Basically. But I'm one of the boys. Ugh, we're going to pass the (laughs) Bechdel test. I have a feeling they're not going to be able to not talk about Han. 
I gotta talk about the men. Oh god, I'm so excited for the next chapters. Oh no. Oh no. When the Imperials are dead and their group captured, a woman dismounts and comes to Leia. She has a commanding presence and tells Leia for her to keep her slaves in line. They're going to take them to the sisters for judgment. I love oh. how much this book is just like, whoa, feminism. Yeah. <laughs> this, this book, like, does not hold back with the like, oh, women have men as slaves. <laughs> Look at that. It's women fantastical. Women hate men. <laughs> no, yeah. women hate man. It's true, though. Feminism oh, yeah. with a Z. <laughs> In a storm... Isildur is plummeting toward Dathomir. He has to wait until the last second to eject and hopefully camouflage his life signs. He grabs his parachute. (laughs) What? (laughs) He grabs his parachute and does it, but the string as well as the second safety string do not deploy. (laughs) Wow, really should have checked that parachute before he took off. His mom also wants him dead. (laughs) Oh, Oh, wow. No, not really, but he probably should have checked. Yet somehow he ends up floating gently to the ground and even Storm makes an equally graceful landing. He looks up to see Luke cross-legged and meditating, floating down to the ground. When Isildur asks how, Luke replies, it was the Force, dummy. So again, it's the last Jedi. Yes. All Jedi know how to control their heart rate so they appear as dead. Which is uh, yes, like... that well-known Jedi skill. <laughs> what? That Jedi was my favorite first. power to unlock in Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> the fake death one. <laughs> and then super tall jumps. <laughs> Luke looks up into the sky and reminisces about Tatooine and joining the Rebellion. Isildur feels the pull toward battle too, but Luke calls him out on it on it, telling him it's the dark side. Luke asks Isildur who he's hunting, and he replies with Han Solo. Isildur mentions that he's hunted someone else like this in the past, and it's Haravan, the man who killed his brother. Luke urges Isildur to forgive Haravan because it is staining his heart, and the dark side is ruling his destiny. Oh, Luke, you're so good. Okay. Is this, like, the ideal Luke from Legends? Because he's just very, like, a forcey Jedi, kind of boring teacher man. Mm-hmm. So Luke urges Isildur <laughs> him, and that he needs to serve the light within himself. He thinks that this is what brought them together. We can have a talk about Luke at the end of this book, because a lot okay, of things happen. Okay, okay. Yeah. Isildur hasn't had time to think of the world in terms of light forces and dark forces before. He tries to write it off as nonsense, but he can't dismiss the unbelievable things Luke has done through the Force. This is the part where I went, oh dear god, no, they're not going there. Going where? Where they're about to go (laughs) with Isildur. Oh, right. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. The uh, the Corin route, you might say. Stop being a lizard, Meg. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Luke explains that he also knows, happens to know where Leia is, and points off in a far off direction. The journey will be tough, but Isildur agrees to go with him, unsure of what to make of Luke. They hike for a long time and finally come to rest for the day. Isildur is a big baby who can't change up his sleep schedule, so he just glares at Luke while he sleeps peacefully. <laughs> He's such a baby. Royalty. A little while later, a stampede of big lizards run overhead. One ends up in the crevice with them, and Luke makes a new friend. Yay. Luke explains that the Blue Desert people run back and forth from the mountains to the plains every day. With no water between here and there... They would never make it on their own. And the blue, why did I change their name? The blue desert people have graciously (laughs) graciously offered their assistance. They spend the day resting. And when the sun is finally out of the sky, they mount a couple blue desert people and ride up into the mountains. Luke signals the top of the mountain is their stop. Isildur finally figures out why he's so taken aback about Luke's treatment of the animals. He treats droids, animals, and all people as if they were equals. And Isildur hates it because it makes him feel insecure. How oh, can a prince be treated the same as a creature? 
Maybe because a creature is worth more than a prince. <laughs> well, this prince at least. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone on Hapes has a clear-cut position, but a small part of him is actually jealous of the equal treatment Luke is giving to the creatures. Let me get he out yells- my world's tiniest violin. <laughs> was it? This is I such a great metaphor like- for 2018 white men. <laughs> oh my god. He was talking about how like tenderly Luke was treating the lizards and then yeah. became jealous and I'm like, "Oh buddy. Oh buddy. You got to explain his feelings." <laughs> oh buddy. He yells at Luke about why he can't just force the blue desert people to take them. Luke says he doesn't make anyone do anything with the force and that all beings have the same amount of force in them, so why should he treat them any different? If he respects someone like Ta Chum, then he should respect a droid or a beast. Isildur remarks that he understands now why Queen Mother believes the Jedi to be so dangerous. Luke playfully retorts that the ways of the Force are only dangerous to despots. Luke thinks that Isildur is really there to walk the path of the Force, and Isildur is startled when he considers it, knowing that whatever he decides his answer is will change his future. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. Isildur has the Force. (laughs) <laughs> O-F-C Does he though? <laughs> I'm so into Jedi Sealed Door though <laughs> I'm so into it Jeez. Wow Heath <laughs> I am not <laughs> Why not? Okay fine The flowing blonde locks of the lightsaber would look pretty B.A. No, I'm into it because I think it would be hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) So much trouble. What if the plot twist is that he doesn't actually have the Force and Luke's just an idiot? Well, did you read the next chapter? (laughs) (laughs) I did actually read the next chapter, yeah. Sure. Okay. (laughs) I'm not speaking ahead of where we are right now, okay? Okay. I was just like... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so anyway, I have this theory about Darth Vader... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> are there actually three Darth Vader's now? <laughs> no. Still just the two. Just the two. <laughs> Great. Well, Luke, Isildur, and R2 are continuing on their magnificent journey. Unfortunately, it's turned to swamp and mud, which hinders their progress because R2 is a tiny droid. Isildur has been silent this whole time, needing to use his entire brain for thinking. <laughs> Luke knows what he's been pondering about the Force, and he looks back on, and Luke looks back on how he's so badly wanted for there to be more Jedi records and for people to teach, and here Isildur just came to him. It's almost... Mm. <laughs> I, I, I just heard it. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice for Luke to get the opportunity to impart his Jedi wisdom to Isildur. The Force is guiding the man, but he doesn't have the power of it. Luke can train him without having to worry about him becoming the next Darth Vader. Luke, I I don't think you understand the idea of training Jedi. (laughs) He seems seems to be not great at that. This is just practice! (laughs) There's lots of evidence that he's just not the best there is. He's like, hmm, what if I train Jedi that just don't have Force powers? (laughs) Also... I guess he hasn't learned much about his dad yet, but mommy issues seems to be a bad combination for trading and Jedi ways. Yeah. Also, somebody's, like, determined to kill his best friend. Yeah. And also steal his sister, which he has said, steal Leia away. Like, Luke, buddy, buddy. It's fine. The Force is going to guide him. No, it's not. Han, Han Solo is not looking so bad after these chapters. <laughs> uh, I would still not yeah, like that. All he did was shoot Leia with the gut of command. Oh, uh, yeah, her. okay. It's still pretty bad. Uh, he's, he's been oh. fine since then. There was one mistake. It's fine. <laughs> just one tiny thing. Just, it's fine. All he's been doing in these chapters is running away like a coward. <laughs> That's normal. Right. Typical Han. Typical Han stuff. Well, as they walk, they notice a giant wreck of a spaceship. Luke has a feeling about it, and he and R2 go check it out. Isildur doesn't care about any of this, so he just hangs out on the path. They float around the ship and look inside, seeing gyms, eating areas, and workshops. In one workshop, Luke sees focusing crystals, the exact ones that only Jedi could use for their lightsabers. 
He realizes why he's never been able to find a Jedi Academy on any planet he's visited. It's because they had to be mobile. Oh, that makes so much sense. Except for those movies I watched where that's not (laughs) the case at all. These didn't come out yet. (laughs) This is the remains of the Chuunthor, the ship Yoda, Sexy Yoda, said they lost and were overcome by witches. So the only way for this book now to be compatible with the prequels is to assume that Luke is an idiot. I mean, they could have had mobile training units. Okay, I guess just not the main academy. Yes, yeah, yeah. But I like the idea that Luke has been searching and searching and searching for the Jedi Academy remains, and it was literally on Coruscant, where he's been headquartered the entire time. That's so rude. But it's funny. Yeah. Like Skywalker, galactic dummy. (laughs) (laughs) He hasn't really shown himself otherwise so far. Oh, poor Luke. Like, if you look at the truce of Bakira, that's definitely (laughs) not, not great. We haven't looked at the truce at Bakura. It's not great. He's kind of bad at it. Does he? Is he the one that makes the truce? Mm, no, not really. Luke is so focused on trying to cut into the Chunthor with his lightsaber, he also misses a presence coming up behind him. It's a woman, 18 or 20, because her age is important. And she starts attacking <laughs> But not 19. It's so yeah. you know she's young and sexy. Yeah. Also, yeah. what the hell is with like Legend's obsession with red-haired women? Yeah. They were tired of brunettes. Only witches are uh, redheads, Saf. No, Astarta has red hair as well. Because she's fiery. She's, That's the only yeah. way they can fight She's people. secretly a witch of Dathomir. Oh my god. It's right there in front of our faces. The whole is time. Also, so is Mara Jade. Oh my goodness. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, and, she is a force user. Oh man. Hux. Oh! <laughs> his mom was a witch of Dathomir. It all makes sense now. God, oh. Hux's mom was Mara Jade. Luke Skywalker's his real father. Yep. No wonder why Brendel Hux hated him so much. Yep. It's also clear now. Hmm. Wow, this is a big, big revelation we figured out. You're all taking this in stride really well. <laughs> she starts attacking Luke and until she sees him using the Force. She asks him how he, a dude, can use magic. He explains that he's a master of magic. <laughs> and she recognizes him as a Jai, a male magic user from the stars. Luke looks into her Force feelings and he is not prepared for what he sees, which is fierce lust. Without consent, we should point out here. Feminism. She starts chanting and calls up a storm. It disorients Luke, and he's unable to defend himself even with a lightsaber. She knocks him down with her club, and before he knows it, she's straddling his chest. Cue the saxophone music. She announces that she is Tenennial Dejo, a daughter of Ali- Ala- Alia whatever and luke is her slave cue more saxophone music that bit where he's like you can't just take me into be your like sex slaves <laughs> it's it just so, so classic yes, luke. sci-fi misandry <laughs> like so classic it hurts me that's the line that made me laugh for like five minutes straight mm-hmm. especially because like i'm hearing it in like whiny luke voice <laughs> yes Oh my god. Like, you can't just take men as your slaves and mate with them. No, that's not how this works. <laughs> Thanks for saying the word mate. <laughs> yeah. Well, he does consider all living creatures as equal, so I guess that makes sense. So, meanwhile, Han, 3PO, and Leia are marching through the mountains. Chewie's being carried by Rancor since he's injured, which is actually quite nice. Han spends a long time admiring how awesome the women's fashion is. So much description. It's amazing. (laughs) Uh, Good job, Han. (laughs) They finally reach a village nestled inside a valley. Leia is taken up to speak with their elders, and Han is left with the other men, young women, and children, watching a hole in the ground filled with liquor. Normal normal activity. (laughs) Super normal. Super usual. <laughs> Just a whole field of people looking at these holes. Yeah, it's totally fine. We do this all the time. <laughs> Why didn't the Clone Wars keep this part of Dathomir culture? <laughs> I wonder. Probably because of the alcohol. It's a children's show. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Eventually, a gross worm pokes its head out to get shwasted, and Han ends up catching a woofa, which everyone is thrilled about. <laughs> 
<laughs> After hours of pulling it out from the ground, Han sees that the woofa are actually dried into ropes. At first, he's a little disappointed, but he makes up excuses about how this will actually make it so they won't execute him. Which, let me see if I can find his little woofa speech, because it's pretty cute. <laughs> As I was reading, I was just thinking to myself, this book could really use some more little woofa speeches. Yeah. <clears throat> Great, Han realized. So I caught a rope. But the villagers here seemed to think that it was a big deal. They were all ecstatic. Who knew what kind of reward they might give him? If they executed offworlders, maybe being Han Solo, the heroic, the heroic woofa grabber, had just saved his life. <laughs> And even though it was just a rope, Han had to admit that it was a darned good rope. You could probably sell it off-world to fashion designers, and maybe there was more to it than just rope. What if it had medicinal properties? These people were at war. Maybe they applied woofa hide to their wounds as an antibiotic, or boiled it to make anti-aging drugs. Why, once Han thought about it, there was no telling what you could do with a woofa. <laughs> <laughs> uh... And we've so reached bad. peak courtship of Princess Leia with that line right there. <laughs> so oh. good. Oh, I hate it so much. Han Which, the woofa grabber. I feel like that's our listener question for this week. What yeah. can you do with a woofa? Yeah. <laughs> what would you do with a woofa? <laughs> what would you do with a woofa? He's just like, it's such a good demonstration of like the state of mind he's in with how proud he is about this woofa. <laughs> He has so little going for him. Right. right now. He's just like everything has gone wrong. Like the woman he loves has abandoned him and his ship has been crashed and his Wookiee is like, dude, get it together. And he's just like, I caught a woofa. I caught a woofa. I'm so great. I'm a hero. <laughs> the hero of the new rebellion. General Han Solo. <laughs> the woofa grabber. <laughs> Eventually, a woman named Demaya comes to get Han. She explains Leia has been pleading Han's case for freedom for the last two hours, but now they must decide what to do about his future. On the way up to the fortress, they pass by a group of nine humanoid women. They dress and look different from the people of village, and Han's guards are keeping a watchful eye on them. As they pass, the oldest of the women asks Han to tell her where his ship is, and he almost does it, but Demaya stops him. He realizes it was a Jedi mind trick, and he's embarrassed. The woman then also taps Han's crotch with her spear and says that he's a morsel of a man and from behind he looks so tasty. I hate this so much. <laughs> it's Hashtag so Star Wars experience. Hashtag <laughs> morsel of a man. I really never want to hear Luke called that ever again. Han. Han, the wrong one. I don't want to hear either of them called that, honestly. <laughs> Imagine an old, like, imagine a cosplayer of this woman going up to every Han and just, like, tapping his crotch with her spear. Cosplay is not consent. No, it has to do it. What a morsel of a man. I want that to happen. But from behind, he's so tasty. Oh, my God. Like, uh, Harrison apparently does a lot of squats. I think I just need a t-shirt that says morsel of a man on it. Yeah! With an arrow that points up to me. Up up or down? Down. Pointing down. Never mind. <laughs> and on the back of the shirt it says looks tasty. <laughs> looks tasty. <laughs> Jenny, just put an arrow and they can spin it. And it, can just, it points to whatever. So that way, what if you're like, if you're trying to like wingmate for somebody, you can have the arrow pointing over to them. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. Nice. <laughs> or like if you're walking your dog, you can have a downwards diagonal. Yeah, just <laughs> look at this dog. This dog's great. Oh my gosh, I have so many fan art ideas right now. <laughs> <laughs> are Bays and Chirrut involved? I mean, <laughs> when are they not involved? <clears throat> Demaya threatens her, and we find out her name is Baritha, and we find out that she's actually her aunt who has been expelled from the Singing Mountain Clan. They yell at each other a little, but they all go inside to the fortress. Han enters and sees Leia, dressed as one of the members of the clan, before one of them steps forward and introduces herself as Mother Agwin. 
Baritha is there to protest the off that the off-worlders are their prisoners and must be returned to them. Han pulls the deed to Dathomir and proves that he owns it. He tells them that he wants the Night Sisters off his planet. Baritha says to give them a ship and they'll gladly leave, but Han thankfully stops himself before giving into the trick again. So Han is just like straight up colonial now. Yeah. <laughs> I own this. This is my land, right. women. Look, I have the deed right here. <laughs> my fancy hollow says that I own this land, so get out. Anguin says that General Han Solo is a free man. He saved the life of one of their sisters. They present Sister Tandir, a spellcaster from the Northern Lakes, who is one of their adopted sisters, a.k.a. it's Leia. Baritha doesn't care and threatens that if they are not if the offworlders are not given to them, they will take the offworlders by force. The Night Sisters come together for some kind of trance. Baritha speaks to someone named Gethzeron, Gethzerion, and grabs Han. The Singing Mountain Clan warriors intervene and they fight them off enough to force the Night Sisters to retreat by jumping out the fortress window. Baritha promises that they'll have blood. Aquin says Han is lucky that Gethzerion wants him alive, and welcomes him to Dathomir. That silence sums so much up. <laughs> Doesn't that just make so much sense? <laughs> it's old. Yep, yeah. I promise the next chapters are more tasty. Okay, good. Good, good. So as we, our characters were just on the move this week. They didn't, yeah, have they, time, had, they didn't have time to be trashy. They had to get to the places in which yeah. they could be trashy. Yeah. Which, whew. Right. Should we do listener responses? Yeah. Let's yeah. do it. Last week we asked you, what would you do with a gun of command? And we haven't answered this either. We have not. Oh, I, I, I would use the gun of command on every cat I saw so it would come and be my friend. Wow. <laughs> I just really like cats, okay? Like, Seth is just collecting cats in her <laughs> home that she's used the gun of command on what? Yep, that's gonna be me. <laughs> I would... Wow. Burn it. <laughs> oh, Danny. oh, Danny. You're so wholesome. I believe Don't in free will. <laughs> Mine is that I would probably do something like things really practical with it, like get first class upgrades on flights <laughs> or get a great job that I know I can do but not have enough on paper experience for. Damn, I should have said that. I was just really excited about those cats. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I don't know what I would do. I had a good one earlier, but I can't remember. But you write it down, Heath. That would be the smart thing to do. I, do I don't know. Maybe I'll think about it when I'm reading this. Mm-hmm. Come back to me. J.A. said, Think Rogue One, except I, as Krennic, builds Palpatine a giant gun of command Death Star. So Palpatine would call me his fave, and Tarkin would stop making fun of me, even though the smart play is to just use the gun of command on Tarkin, but I, Krennic, is too extra for that. Oh my god, Jay. <laughs> wow. Wow. That is the most Jay response we've ever gotten, I think. So extra. <laughs> I love it. Okay, Jay. Have fun. Tom said, I take the gun of command over to Disney and get a re-release of the original cut, holiday special, Blu-ray, Ewok movies, double feature Blu-ray, and special edition of TFA with four minutes of Zuvio on screen and two <laughs> minutes of Hux dragging Milo through snow. I like Edition of ZVO to TFA. <laughs> sucking up to <laughs> yeah, someone, Someone's doing some sucking up. Then I get the lost episodes of Clone Wars finished and released on Netflix. Then finally I stop by In N Out for some free food before leaving California. <laughs> and in case you meant in universe, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I use the gun of command to make Borsk holo record himself singing Size Noodle's famous Lapty Neck while wearing Leia's old bronze bikini. And broadcast it to the Senate and the Boston Spider. Oh, that's good. Can they broadcast it to me? Yeah, I want this too. Because screw you, Borsk. <laughs> you lost me at holiday special, Tom. Wow. <laughs> wow, harsh. It was a lot to take in. Why Why mm. do you want to see that in Blu-ray high definition? It's I don't the think they can do it. that. Like, I think the film is so low quality that they can't actually do put it in Blu-ray. <laughs> I mean, they could probably put on Blu-ray, and it would be, like, high-quality, low-quality. Uh, oh, yes. The best kind of high-quality is high-quality, low-quality. <laughs> it's when yeah. you see that low-quality real shop. 
You really see how low quality. <laughs> yep, I That's dare say this philosophy. is definitely low quality. <laughs> the the like one thing I've noticed in the years of like high definition become a thing is that watching old movies on old TVs like with VHS and stuff makes them look a lot better because you can't see how bad they are. Yes, correct. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that, Tom. Loved it. Ian said, if I had the gun of command, I would use it to institute my own personal Star Wars canon, which would be 100% Wedge-centric. I'm cool with this as long as, like, Lou Jane is there. <laughs> and alive. Just for the record, she has to be alive as well. Not zombie Lou Jane? I mean, can there also be, that. Can there be regular Lou Jane and zombie Lou Jane? Yeah, two Lou Janes. It's good. When they talk to each other. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know why that seems like such a big deal to me. <laughs> <laughs> all right danny settle down over there <laughs> maybe there's Bars. a third lou jane <laughs> oh my god like half zombie half alive lou jane and this one is played by Which natalie half? portman <laughs> like her upper half is still alive but her lower half is zombie this is natalie portman lou jane <laughs> <laughs> Swara said I would use the gun of command in both real life and in Star Wars. In real life, I would command all world leaders to make concerted efforts to invest as much as possible in renewable energy. In Star Wars, I'd command everyone to stop fighting and go vegetarian. Wow. I doesn't make my cat choice really seem <laughs> quite selfish. <laughs> yeah, but also Swara has just inadvertently caused an overpopulation of nerf in the Star Wars universe. And now they're going to mm. take over every planet and eat all the grasses. And now there'll be no green left in the universe. So yeah, where'd it go, Swara? It's weird to me that Swara's just letting the meat eaters on in real life go here. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you coming for the vegetarians in Star Wars specifically, Swara? That's where I'm confused. <laughs> Seems like if you cared enough about the issue. <laughs> anyway. Wow. <laughs> ben Warman said, I don't know, probably just shoot myself with the tail to get through each day at work. <laughs> ben! Such a mood. That's oh. so dark. Ben. I mean, same, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> Death said, children, to bed, now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like any parent would probably choose that option. Yeah, that's yep. a good one. Chris said, can you stun yourself to sleep? Oh, probably. Well, I hope so. That's a good one, actually. Nancy said, tell Han to stop being an idiot. <laughs> I don't know if what? she was telling us to tell Han to stop being an idiot or if this was her listener response. I guess because we are. I don't know if she was just Han. adding us and saying, hey, Rogue Pod, tell Han to stop being an idiot. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like the gun of command would just malfunction at that point. Right. How could it do the, something? The bullet would be halfway and then it'd be like, hold up. <laughs> I can what only do, do so much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only a single page not found. To be fair, Han doesn't think he's being an idiot, so he would just keep doing him. Ooh, that's true. Like, the way you word it could affect how it mm. actually... It's like a monkey's paw. <laughs> yep. Do you not know what that is? <laughs> no. no? Are you for real right now? <laughs> no, I know. I was asking them if it was a no. Like, I was surprised. I watched that Simpsons episode, Meg. I mean, it's also... <laughs> I'm kidding, I know, but I have seen that episode. Yes. Uh, okay, keep going, Heath. I can't deal with you guys right now. <laughs> J, another J. First we have J. a second J? We have a second J. Is this my J? I think so. I don't know. You have a J? I do. Oh. Hey, Meg's J. This seems like something my J would say. <laughs> Meg's J said, and if you're not Meg's J. We're really sorry that Meg just <laughs> claimed you. I mean, it kind of goes along with the theme of these chapters. <laughs> it's kind of weird. But... It's fine. I'm a woman. I can take slaves. I say, he, my, this J is Meg's slave J now. Is, it's no big deal. This J is mine. Anyway. <laughs> oh, no. J, who is an independent human being, doesn't belong to anybody said shoot wedge shoot luke 
now kiss. Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> okay, I checked and it is my J. So. It is I don't J? think okay. we can say someone's an independent human being after they give that answer. <laughs> Sorry, Jay, but math adds up. You are Megs. <laughs> uh, Spitfire said, I'd shoot myself and tell myself to just bloody well get on with the cleaning and housework already. Wow. That's so, also a mood. That's very like, relatable. Are our listeners okay? A lot of them <laughs> oh, like, Danny, wanted to shoot Danny, themselves them with, the gun, with command. the gun of command. Are we okay? <laughs> Danny, would you not do this? Uh, I would all the time. Yeah. Meg, get your stuff done. Yeah, she, I'd be like, Seth, just clean the damn bathroom already. I mean, if I were going to shoot myself with the gun of command, I'd be like, write the best novel ever. Or like, play Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. There's only so much you can do, though. Like, what if you don't know Beethoven's Ninth Symphony? Then you're just playing a really bad version of it. Then you can be like, practice the piano. And... Yeah, there you go. Oh. You tell yourself to practice. So you still have to do the work. The gun just yeah. makes you do the work. Yeah, you yeah. still have to do the work. Mm. But you can't not do the work, which is yeah. the good part of it. It makes you do it. Mm. Sorry, this is real life. Mm. <laughs> anyway, I missed the answers where we were just telling people that you can't eat meat anymore. <laughs> <laughs> eat meat on Earth, not in like, space. There weren't, there weren't questions about the logistics involved at all in that. It was just no more vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> Ash said, shoot Han and tell him to calm the hell down. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Again, were you telling us to do that? <laughs> <laughs> Justice Turtle said, I feel like there are a lot of pranks one could use a gun of command for. Alternatively, one could shoot Borsk Felia and make him resign, slash jump in a lake, slash do the Macarena at an official function. <laughs> Good. Wow, people actually came for Borsk this time. Yeah. I appreciate that the Borsk hate is continuing into this book. Yeah. Mallory said, I definitely wouldn't kidnap my one true love with it. Uh, Mallory, you're so wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> there are ellipses at the end of that, so I'm not sure how true that is. Her second true love, maybe. Yeah, but not the first. Not, not the one true love. Yeah. Listening Bodies. I think everybody deserves a glistening Bodhi because apparently everyone's real sad right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Seems like Congratulations, that, everyone. That kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> you all just got pity Bodies. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to Photoshop the glistening Bodhi image to make him have a sad face. <laughs> oh my god. And that's what everybody gets this week. <laughs> <laughs> Pity Bodies. <laughs> we love you all. We hope these pity bodies help. <laughs> this week. <laughs> wow. Why are you trying to turn my good gesture into crap? <sighs> this week, hopefully bringing some more positive responses. <laughs> How could a woofa not? <laughs> yeah. There's nothing bad about a woofer. Seriously. We're literally asking the same question as last week, but replace kind of command with woofer, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. What would you do with a woofer hide? I'd make a belt. I already knew that. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so. <laughs> you take more time to think about your answer. <laughs> he just like looks it. down and he's like, my ha- my pants are falling down. Well, I gotta make a belt. <laughs> gotta make a belt. You have like. I thought about this when I read it. You, you like, really need a belt. (laughs) You have this huge, like, the woofer to work with. You're just, like, a single belt. (laughs) I didn't know I had the whole woofer. You have the whole woofer. Why would you only have, like, a belt's worth of woofer? (laughs) I'll have one belt of woofer, please. You're Heath, the heroic woofer grabber. And I have right. a whole woofer. You have grabbed have so whole... much woofer. All right. <laughs> I still want a belt, though. Make a belt. <laughs> <But> like... <laughs> Please have a supplementary answer prepared for next week. <laughs> Make as many belts as you can with the woofer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll donate the rest. <laughs> oh, now who's good-hearted and kind? Uh <sighs> Sounds like he's just being lazy. 
<laughs> I'm assuming the response I got to answer next week. I am going to answer next week. I can't top yeah. a belt. <laughs> yeah, like, not on short notice anyway. Yeah, right? I need some time to repair for this. <laughs> like, what am I going to say? A hat? Okay. I legitimately thought of that answer while I was reading the book because I knew this would be our question this week. <laughs> a belt. One single belt. Han was describing how it was like super leather, essentially. And I was like, that would make a good belt. <laughs> how did you know this would be our question? There were so many options. Nope. Like, if you could take any man to be your slave, who would you choose? That, would that should work. really be for next week. Yeah, that... Oh. Oh! <laughs> okay. All right. Sneak, sneak peek, everybody. <laughs> sneak peek. Things get slavey. Oh, <laughs> Things get slavey. <laughs> well, there's a preview for next week. That's how I like my literature. <laughs> slavey. <laughs> All right, listeners, if you're still with us at this point, you can hit us up on Twitter at Podron to give your answer to what would you do with a woofer hide. You can find us at our website, roguepodron.tumblr.com, and you can email us, roguepodron at gmail.com. And you can subscribe to us via the Rogue Podron feed on iTunes or the Far Far Away Radio feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Foodburner, or Google Play. And the fact we don't have an iTunes review from anyone at the moment is really offensive to me, so get on that, please. And you get the whole woofer for your answer. You get the whole woofer. <laughs> yeah. That was unclear to me, but you get we'll the whole We'll give you thing. a glistening Bodhi made of woofer. <laughs> if you give us a review. Yeah. And not, e- not even a pity Bodhi. No, no it's a whole Bodhi. You're really Bodhi. mad about the Bodhi. It's <laughs> <laughs> so salty. Steph, I really like the way you say woofer hide. Woofer hide. Yep. <laughs> how is that different from how you say it? Because it's in your Steph voice. Does it. Yeah. <laughs> What the hide? What? Can you say it? That was not as good. (laughs) Sorry. Can you say it like runt? Like runt? Oh, God. Yes. What the hide? (laughs) Yep, pass out. (laughs) Next time, join us for The Courtship of Princess Leia, chapters 15 through 18. And with that, this is Rogue Podrin signing off. Pass out. Woot woot! Woofa woofa! I don't know what a woofa means. Yeah, what like, a We're like make. a dog with an accent. Woofa woofa! Woot woot woot! Rogue Leader signing off. Rogue Six signing off. Rogue Seven signing off. Rogue Three signing off. Yep, that was a good giggle. wink wonk. Yep. <laughs> wink wonk. <laughs> what? It's a winking noise. Oh my god. It's, it's a oh winking god. and wonking noise. Yeah, it's sexy. <laughs> Come on, Heath. <laughs> no, it made me think of Bing Bong from uh, that movie. <laughs> the Cloud? I don't want to know about your sex experience. <laughs> no, from. Pixar movie, right? Yes. Yeah, the clown from Inside Out. Oh, I thought you said the cloud, and I was like, no, no the clown, clown, which is worse. Yeah. I'd no, rather worse experience involved a cloud. He's a stuffed oh. elephant. Oh, he's not a clown. I mean, no. he's like an elephant clown. He's kind of an elephant. He's, clown, he's, he's, a, he's like a circus elephant. Wink, yeah. wonk, Inside Out. <laughs> it's Inside Out. That's the movie name. Yeah. Bing Bong. Bing Bong, that's right. Oh, ba- wait, his name is Bing Bong? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Red, you like to have Bing Bong, Bing Bong. Oh, yeah, he's a clown the, elephant. He's got the he's got the squirting flower pin. He's a clown. Okay. Wow, where to way to typecast Danny. <laughs> <laughs> you just go up to everybody on the street who has a flower pin. <laughs> I do as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> you must be a clown. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to be a good episode, even though the content was trash. Yeah, but like, tell us about your Star Wars experience. Tell me that's not a clown. <laughs> Hang on, I'll look it back up. All I can I see mean, is... No, it's... Yeah. Wait, is it the chat? I see. <laughs> cool redirect notice. Oh! Oh, oh wait. Why didn't it put the oh, clown Oh, no, that is... He's not a clown. Yeah, he's even doing, like, a clown pose. <laughs> like, I'm a clown! <laughs> the tritagonist. No. Danny, that's an elephant. <laughs> <laughs>
Look, if a clown and an elephant had sex, that is what would come out. That's all I'm saying. And a raccoon, maybe? Look at his tail. It does have, like, a tanuki tail, doesn't it? (laughs) Oh, my God. But, like, fingerless hobo gloves? Uh, yeah. And a bowler cap? Fingerless gloves are stylish! (laughs) The fingerless gloves are good. Wow. You're so... Danny, I didn't expect this from you. Sorry. I didn't expect this to get classist so soon. <laughs> <laughs> Look, his enemy is Jangles the Clown. <laughs> Why yes, would he have a rivalry with a clown? Clowns. Yeah, the clowns <laughs> kidnap the elephants to take them to the circus. He just likes being forgotten, which is a mood. Jeez. <laughs> Everything's a mood. The film was originally going to feature a whole slew of imaginary friends as characters from Riley's early childhood that were now refugees living in a place called Hobo Camp. (laughs) (laughs) Is that why he he has hobo clothes? Is that a plan? No. (laughs) In addition to Bing Bong, these included Mrs. Scribbles, who was a stick figure, and Corner Son, who was literally a quarter of sun as kids would draw in the corner of their drawings. (laughs) Oh, that's oh cute! Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> uh, Corner Sun! <laughs> god damn yeah, it, I wish Corner Sun was the one that kept in, not Bing Bong. 